when you think of running, you think of it as an individual sport, but the uh, the organizations around marathons are also very much aware of how teams work together and support each other and help, uh, help carry us through to the finish line. All right, welcome to another edition of Transformation Through Running. Thanks so much for being here with us and tuning in to check out what we have going on today. Regardless of when you're tuning in or hearing this show, I think there's so much so much great information and takeaways if you're a long-distance runner or thinking about carrying on, either raising money or approaching a large run, a large goal as part of your own personal experience. Dean's going to talk about everything. He's going to talk about what he went through to raise a ton of money, which we'll share details about later on in the show. We're going to talk about how he went through injuries and and struggled to even train up until the point where he could get to the run and hopefully finish. (laughs) And then he's going to talk about in an emotional way. Dean, we'll get a bit emotional here and share how exciting it was to actually finish when when there's so much it was the weather was crazy the hills were challenging and he's going to walk us through each step of the way as we talk about his experience in the boston marathon this is drew and you're listening to transformations through run welcome to the show dean Hey, thank you. So we are talking about the Boston Marathon, and this is super exciting. I don't think everyone gets the opportunity to run a race like this. What, what, where did you get the inspiration to be like, this is something that I want to do? Well, it's something I've always been in, um, interested in long-distance running. I got back into it a few years ago with my daughter and her husband that encouraged me to to start running again with her and did a few short runs and then uh, she wanted to do a half marathon so I did a half marathon with her and that's when I kind of got wind of uh, running with team and training and decided to do a, a full marathon as as my first fundraiser with team and training. And what is team and training? So Team and Training is an organization that helps uh, athletes. Uh, most of us are amateurs, of course, and we just want to get involved and participate in sports. And it's everything from walking, cycling, uh, there, there are triathlon teams, and a lot of runners like myself that get involved. And we uh, raise money towards the Leukemia Lymphoma Society of Canada. So everything that we participate in, we work at trying to raise money either through sponsorship of people that donate online or we do little things on our on our own, everything from... And for myself, I'd been active and running last year. I'd actually done a half marathon down in San Francisco in late August. So I didn't really have to uh, kind of start a year back, but kind of picked up from where I left off in August and continued my training towards a full marathon on my right leg and the Achilles tendon was uh, inflamed about a month ago is when it got to the point that I needed to alter my training plan and that's the challenge that most people have when they get into the longer distances like half and full marathons is that your body sometimes isn't uh, so willing to cooperate shall we say (laughs) so about a month ago I had to stop my running and wasn't uh, 
prepared as I'd like to have been, but because of the tendonitis, it was something I needed to back off on to allow it to heal so that I could still participate. So what is that tendonitis? What does it feel like? Um, well, it's uh, any type of flexion in the ankle causes pain. And particularly, not not so much when you're walking, but in a running stride is when you'll feel the pain. And for me, it was uh, debilitating to the point that I, I couldn't run. So my last training run was hopefully, was anticipated to be a, about a 20-mile run. But I didn't get much more than uh, 8 kilometers into it. And I realized that I was just making things worse. And I needed to back off, so I stopped. I didn't actually get my long training run in before going into the, the the layoff period coming into the marathon. So like I say, for the last four weeks, I've I've not been training and just had to hope that I was prepared up to that point to be able to get through the race. <laughs> so how did you know that you could finish or that you could compete if your last one was eight and then you had to run how many, 42? Yeah, 42.2. And I'll tell you, the question, your question was, how do you know that you can complete it? I don't know what the answer to that is, Drew. I would say you probably don't know that you're completing it until you can see the finish line. (laughs) (laughs) in, In Boston, because of some of the challenges with the course and the hills that you have, there, there are points all along the race where there you're tempted and thinking man i just can't get this done but it was something that i knew that i wanted to will through it and uh, i did a lot of walking when i should have been running when i wanted to be running but i had to walk because of the hills and because of the the other conditions that um, cause some knee and muscle cramping that of course without the five weeks or the four weeks of training leading into the marathon the rest of my my body wasn't prepared. My Achilles tendon was the uh, the strain didn't cause me to to have to drop out, but I was getting a lot of cramping and problems with other muscles that wouldn't have been there if I'd have been able to continue my training. So, what was the course actually like when someone says I'm going to go run the Boston Marathon? Is it known to be a more challenging course, or did weather and other yeah. things? It's one of the more difficult because of the uh, terrain. The the distance that you're traveling has a lot of hills in it. Now, there are marathons that have steeper hills, but there probably isn't many that would classify with Boston as having as many. I, I was telling somebody this morning that it seemed to me anyway, anywhere on the course, if I looked ahead of me or behind me, I either saw a hill that I just went over or one that was coming up. <laughs> it seemed, at least, maybe not. Maybe that's not the case, but it sure seemed that way. There wasn't a lot of flat stretches to work at. There was a lot of slopes in the in the hills of the boroughs coming through to Boston. So after you oh, after you get over one hill and you're like, ah, oh, I'm finally at the top of this hill. Then yeah. you look over and there's another one. And there's another. One. There's another one coming. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw pictures of the Boston Marathon. It was wet and muddy, and <laughs> to be quite honestly, quite honest with you, it was a place that looked like I didn't want to be there. Um, yeah, tell me about that. Well, it, it was an it was an experience for sure. Yeah, it rained from the time. I mean, it, when I left the hotel, it was coming down in in torrents outside the hotel, and it it never stopped raining. It just rained the whole day long. And did you yeah. have you experienced running in that kind of rain before? 
No, I have ran in in rain. I've ran in snow, and I've ran, you know, when it's minus twenty eight, minus thirty, wind chills of minus thirty four, and you prepare for it, and you just bundle up, and you get the right layers on, and the rain itself to to run in something that long for in those conditions, I've never done that before. So what what was it like? What was different from that compared to running in snow, for example? Uh, well, snow. Hmm, that's a good question. I guess the the snow challenge is that you're not getting the traction that you would anticipate, so you get a lot of slippage on your on your kickoff as you're running. Whereas you don't have that much of a challenge with with the water. It's just water that's on the road and it's kicking up and in puddles as you're running through them. So your your traction underfoot is is decent, but it was cold. And Boston is also known because of the the course starts out in Hoptington and runs towards Boston. You're often running into a headwind. So not only did we have the rain, but we had the headwind, and it was quite cool. Temperatures being, uh, you know, uh, just above zero and a lot of uh, challenge with hypothermia that a lot of there, I think I heard something like 2,300 people pulled out because of uh, one reason or another, but a lot of them having troubles with hypothermia. Wow. And did they have people on the side helping with that? I know that these big runs usually have a lot of support. Yeah, the logistics around running the Boston Marathon are just incredible. They had medical tents that were set up every every so often along the course, and then they had um, medical uh, technicians that were on bikes, and they had kind of jump packs of uh, backpacks to help people. And they were on the course kind of cruising back and forth between the medical tents. Uh, just a lot of support for things like that. Very well organized. Uh, lots, I don't know. I never did get a number for the the amount of volunteers that they have. But Boston, you know, I don't think there's anybody at home anymore. Either people from the Boston and the, and the boroughs were out on the course cheering you on or they were volunteering at either the start or medical tents or along the watering stations. There, there are just thousands of people that come out and help out in the, in managing the logistics of the of the marathon. Do you know how many people were running? I never did to get a final total, but I was told there was just over 30,000. And what, do you remember what it was in New York? I didn't, I didn't run New York, um, and I'm not sure of the numbers there, but... Boston is, uh, that's a lot of people in managing the logistics of Boston because they kind of, it's a little different because Boston isn't a loop marathon like some marathons. Often a marathon will start in the same location that it finishes and it runs in a loop around a city or through a city and a lot of the people need to be at the start can also move over and help out at the finish. But in Boston, it starts out in the boroughs, out at Hopkinton, and that whole start area has to be managed by an entirely group, a different group of volunteers for the start than, than for the finish. And the start area was, uh, of course, huge. You got 30,000 people going through there, and they have an athlete's village that's set up with uh, tents to try to provide some shelter, although the rain, the rain and the wind, it just got everywhere. It was just... Uh, a complete mud bog at the start. Uh, the poor, the field that we were all in, I don't know how that's ever going to recover because it was uh, completely drenched and um, 
they were playing Woodstock music. It was when I heard one of the people saying, this is just like Woodstock. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Not, not like maybe some enjoyable Woodstock memories that could have been. No, no, no. I don't think it was that way. It was, it was the wind and the, the weather, perhaps. <laughs> Well, and we the were, music they had wits they had the good old 60s music playing on the loudspeakers <laughs> um we were at the new york city marathon there and it did loop around so like for example we got a chance to see noel twice two or three times and uh, so oh, that, yeah. so at least for for those watching it was a bit more uh, i suppose beneficial to see him a couple times as opposed to yeah just at the start or maybe just at the finish Yep. What was yeah. it? What was it like to run with that many people? Like I couldn't imagine being like his madness. <laughs> what was that like? Oh yeah, it just just madness. There was as far ahead as you could see, and as far as behind as you could see, there were people like everywhere. Oh my god! The the starting gates and the and the way they have it set up for the waves and the corrals. Um, it was just people milling about shoulder to shoulder everywhere, and of course with the rain and the wind as many people as possible could huddle huddled into the tents or we tried to find a, a spot downwind of the tents to try to have some shelter from the wind it was uh it was crazy <laughs> uh it seemed like not not too long ago there was a tragedy there at the boston marathon did any of that in the back of your mind none of that deterred you or was that on your mind when you kind of lined up there getting ready to go no, um, it, it's in your mind around uh, the fact that, you know, it was a tragic event and everybody's, uh, you know, the Boston people are very uh, cognizant of that and security is very high as far as police presence and, and the process in which you get certified and brought into the areas. Of course, you have to have all your um, certification and your, and your bib. You can't get in the area without a bib into the start or finish areas anymore. And you need passes to get into the finish area. Even if you want to sit in the stands, they they have to issue passes for people. So it's it's tight that way. And yeah, and in some way, it can't it can't help but not be on your mind. However, it's simply you know you have to accept that those kinds of things, unfortunately, is part of our world now. And you just have to look past it and not not let those things stop you from doing what's important to you. Dean, what was it like to? finish uh something like this like it, it was a it was a big run it was challenging the weather your injuries what was it like to finish and cross that line uh, i'm having even now when i think about it and i'm answering the question it's very emotional and it kind of it digs at you pretty deep to be able to finish and uh, I guess for me and the purpose of why I do it, it's it's important to me and being able to do it in honor of my dad and what he went through in his treatment with leukemia. I think that's that kind of weighs even more on it. It's not just the personal achievement of being able to complete. It's the, the knowledge that you're able to help out and, and do something, something extra, something more. Is that something that I know it just ended here, at least at the time of this interview? Is that something that you look at doing more of, or or is there something in the future that you have your sights set on, or are you just kind of trying to relax and recover right now? Um, yes, to both. 
of course, right now I'm uh, I'm a little stiff. I, I shouldn't say a little. I'm a lot stiff, a lot <laughs> sore. And I'm going to be recovering, but at the same time looking forward and knowing that I want to continue my involvement and do what I can to help the organization. I, I believe very much in the work that they're doing. I think they uh, they help a lot, and not just in uh, some of the R&D work around uh, treating the disease, but also in the support of the families and the patients that are going through it. And I just I just believe from my experience with them that just a great organization, and I want to continue doing fundraising. I don't know if I'll ever achieve the the level that I have this year, but I do want to continue and possibly even uh, work towards helping other people get involved and even running um, kind of coordinating teams or team efforts where groups of people would get together and we'd plan to go to a, even even 5Ks or 10Ks races and, and go as a team of three or four or five or a dozen and, and experience it together. That's that's a big part of it. Uh, a lot of people don't realize is that the when you think of running, you think of it as an individual sport, but the uh, the organizations around um, marathons are also very much aware of how teams work together and support each other and help uh, help carry us through to the finish line. So tell me about that. How does a team? Seems like running is a solo type of sport. How does a team benefit or, or help you train or, or get through a, a big run? It, it's mostly around previous experience. People that have been involved before can help you with... Everybody's different, so everybody's going to face some different challenges around their their training and, and preparation. And sometimes it's going to be mental, emotional, helping people struggle through that part of it. Sometimes it's physical, physical. Uh, our particular group team and training is very well structured with coaches that get involved. So these are, are people that are often involved in the team for a long time. And then they've just um, taken that next step to being a a coach and they'll, they'll be assigned a, an event. So there'll be a coach that would be coordinating, for example, the, the Calgary marathon. There's a coach that's, the liaison for anybody that's that's registered with team and training to run in Calgary. That coach will help them with developing a training plan tailor-made to them individually and helping them work through whatever challenges that they're facing with, with advice. There's like weekly emails or weekly updates around everything from nutrition to sports therapy, massage therapy, uh, whatever cross training that may apply or help and different variances in in the training over the over the course of the months leading up to an event they're really good at at supporting that and and you don't get that if you just on your own decide that you're going to head out and and run a marathon kind of a crazy concept really <laughs> <laughs> so and so how do you get involved if you someone wants to be involved with a like team in training is that what is that the business name or the organization name yeah, it's so if you're just looking on on the internet, you can just do a search for team and training and it'll come up with uh, um, website. the website. Right. Yeah. And so if someone wants to be involved, it sounds like a good type of organization that if someone is just getting involved in running, is would that be correct? Like if someone's a beginner and they, they could get this coaching and extra support? Absolutely. And in fact, I would say that the majority of the people that get involved are 
they're typically people that have been active in younger in their life and and they're not uh they're not really um continuing as athletes they're you know they're day-to-day nine-to-fivers doing other jobs and finding we all try to try to live healthy lifestyles we try to do what's right and in treating our bodies right but often we we don't we fall into the norms of society everything from some indulgences on dessert like i've had i'm, I'm a dessert <laughs> i have a weakness for dessert <laughs> <You're> dessert <day>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh it's it's beginners that are you know, maybe they they exercise, they try to get to the gym a couple times a week, or maybe they can't, and and they think, well, you know what, I could start at a 5K. I could do a 5-kilometer run-walk combination. And they get involved at that, or maybe a 10K, and then before they know it, you know, they've got through that that kind of an event, and they get the bug, and they get a little further, and pretty soon it's a 10K, and, a, and then it's a half marathon. And then they always say if you're if you're doing a half marathon you're half crazy, <laughs> and if you do a full marathon well you're you're all the way you're full crazy. <laughs> so there's always a few of us that get the full crazy. <laughs> and I know you raised quite a bit of money, well a ton of money. Do you want to share that with us? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll. I have to start with you know it wasn't really me that raised it it's uh i, I kind of coordinated i'd like to think of me as being the the coordinator of the fundraising but it was really the generosity and involvement of of many people that helped get involved and and i've got a a core group of friends that have helped me do everything from um you know caramel popcorn sales to uh um you know organized ladies nights for getting a bunch of ladies together for a social evening. Uh, I just, I, I can't say enough of the, the people that helped me in coordinating this, but this will be, this event here will probably push me just over $34,000. That was part of the fundraising for Boston Marathon. And combined with last year's San Francisco Marathon, I'll I'll break the $50,000 point for uh the fiscal year of the team and training so that's a significant milestone <laughs> wow it's it's crazy what uh, i know that you put in a lot of work i know i know and i think it's great that you recognize everyone else involved but you put in a lot of work it seemed like that was um well of course a driving force because the reason why you're involved with the organization as well but it, it seemed continual like you're always always working towards is that something that you enjoyed or or is that something that you really believe in is that the reason why you did that well i re- i really believe in it and that's the reason why i'm doing it uh i would have to say that a lot of the fundraising is challenging because i think we all work hard for our money and it's it's hard asking people to to know to donate those hard-earned dollars uh, very, very generous coworkers, friends, and family that have always been supporters. This is my fourth event with team and training, and you know some of the guys right from day one. People have been involved and have donated every every event to help support going through it. I I really enjoy the the events that I run. They're always lots of fun. I do everything from. Uh, you know, at the at the lower end of things, I've got a cuss cancer jar that I've had here at the 
at the place <laughs> of work that I have where, you know, people want to, it's, it's actually a bubble gum machine. And if anybody's get, gets caught cussing, well, they got to drop a quarter into the bubble gum machine and, and that'll, that raises, you know, somewhere between 60 and 75 bucks, which isn't a lot, but then there's a lot more, um, events that I run right up into, uh, bottle drives. I run several bottle drives. I've sold t-shirts. You, um, you and Dorothy were wearing one of, one of my t-shirts on the do good, good happens. So I had those, um, I did a wine survivor contest where people could kind of do a 50, 50 on donating money. And then at the same time, getting, getting some wine as, as, uh, the winning teams. So what happens the next um, time around when you're doing an, another event? Do you like? I know it's challenging to ask people for money. So so what happens the next time? Do you feel like you don't want to ask people again, or do you feel like because of the cause it's it's okay? Well, I think because of the cause, one of the things that unfortunately is the case with things like cancer and and leukemia and lymphoma. Everybody knows somebody who's uh, struggles with the disease, and it's either sometimes it's a close relative, it's a it's a family member, father, a brother, a sister, a mother, grandparents. Sometimes it's close friends, the neighbors. There's it's just such a a widespread disease that everybody has is familiar with how it can be devastating and and take away loved ones. So there's there there's that aspect of it. And I think that's why a lot of people like to step up and, you know, maybe they're not chipping in, you know, the the high um, kind of donations that some organizations have contributed, but they're throwing in the $50 here and $50 there and and that it all helps. It all goes to, to the cause. And at the same time, I, you know, the uh, the awareness that's developed by me doing the other events like the the bottle drives and the and the wine survivors and those kinds of events also bring awareness to to what I'm trying to do and and bring people to maybe even get involved not just as as that event goes but then to also donate online which of course everything is under uh, Revenue Canada is tax deductible on donations. Okay, Dean, just before we wrap things up here, if anyone wants to get involved or if anyone wants more information, is there some place you would like to direct them? Yeah, so Team and Training is the website. So if, if you just go on the Internet and you just go to teamintraining.ca, that's the, the website, www.teamintraining.ca. And that list, it's a, it's a really good website. It's very easy to navigate through to, to find out what events are, that they're running and how to register and who to contact people. It's, they're clear about their mission and what they're trying to do. And uh, that's the first step. And, of course, um, you have my information. Anybody can, can contact me through you, I guess, on your, on your uh Yeah, we'll link everything webcast. in the... We'll link everything in the show notes so we can uh, sure. definitely give people a chance to connect with you there. Sure. And I, I'm fine with a personal email as well. So, what you have, deancroach at gmail.com. All right. Fantastic, Dean. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your experience with us with the Boston Marathon and everything else with from raising money to struggling to get 
to get it done. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was not. <laughs> Very inspirational. Thank you so much, Dina. I really appreciate it, and uh, congrats on, on getting through it and everything else that, that you've done to make it happen. Thank you very much, Drew. That's going to wrap things up for this edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our community we're building here online. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Again, thank you for tuning in. All past shows are going up on trueformlife.com. This is our main website. We have our products up there. We have our nutrition programs, our fitness programs. If you need any help at all, please shoot us a message. You can find us on facebook.com slash trueformlife. This is our main page where we're posting about lifestyle, nutrition, fitness, trying to keep you on track. We're also on instagram.com slash drewtadia. If you're listening to the show, we'd love it if you tag us in your story so we know that we're helping influence you positively. Whether you're running or whether you're a listener, maybe planning to run, or maybe you just like these, enjoy these extraordinary stories, I like to call them. You can also check out our other podcast and nationally syndicated radio show called Exploring Mind and Body. That's exploringmindandbody.com. I interview the top, the world's top leading experts in holistic health in, in a number of different ways. We've been doing that for almost 10 years, have almost 500 shows. So if there's something holistic you want to hear or you want to listen, there's a very good chance we've already talked about it and on exploringmindandbody.com. In both cases, we're on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, a number of other platforms. And if you have any guest ideas or if you have any guest suggestions, please shoot us a message. We're always interested in bringing on guests for those that are interested in hearing specific runners, for example. Once again, thank you so much for being here, and we hope to catch you on the next show.